motherfucker. This is your African king of comedy, Michael Blackson. You watching real friends real talk. Get real with it, my son. What's really good and Merry Christmas. Welcome back to a virtual episode. And it's a collaboration episode of Real Fans Real Talk along with the Sanchez Show. I'm your host, Eric Sanchez, a.k.a. Legend in Two Games. And as we do every week, I'm with the big homie, Trip Young. Merry Christmas, bro. How's everything going with you? What's going on? Merry Christmas. Uh, I cannot complain at all. I had a great Christmas. Blessed Christmas. Uh, I am ready to, to, to finally get out of 2020, though. And uh, start to turn things around as a as a whole with this country. I hope hope you know things should kind of get back to normal. I know it's not going to be in January, but you know maybe by 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 this summer things will be a little bit you know more closer to normal um, than what we've had to deal with for this past year. Um, but other than that, man, I'm 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 blessed and highly favored. I cannot complain. I'm ready to get this sports talk on. I'm happy to hear that. And I share those sentiments. I do feel like this with Christmas falling on a weekend and opportunity for families to all be together as, as best they can, obviously, with what we're dealing with uh, with this virus. It does kind of feel like this is the send off for 2020 as we all prepare to go into 2021. But with that being said, it is Monday, December 28th. So we got to start with the top story today. Obviously, NFL Week 16 wrapped up, but second year quarterback Dwayne Haskins was released today from the Washington football team. There's been a lot of speculation as to what's really going on there. He was fined earlier this week for being uh, photographed out at a party that he claimed was his girlfriend's birthday celebration. He was benched earlier this season. Ron Rivera came out in a statement and said, this is what's best for the young man and for the organization. Tripp, I want to get your thoughts because you and I share a lot of the same viewpoints when it comes to young black quarterbacks and the short leash that they have to work with. What was your initial feelings when you heard about the news of him being released just after he started yesterday for the football team. Um. See, and usually, usually, you know, what I'm saying, like, I, I would go, you know, with that, with that whole theory, you know, what I'm saying, just him being a black quarterback. But just because I've watched how bad he's been when he's in the game, and then if you look at right now, uh, let's say uh, Josh Rosen, uh, who, who was drafted, I believe, the year before Haskins, he was drafted. And you know what I'm saying right now. I mean, he did. He just got picked up by the the 49ers uh, this earlier today. But he was on the Bucks practice squad prior prior to that. Um, and he was one of again. He was a first round draft pick. He he was drafted a little bit lower. No, he might have actually. They might have been around the same time though. Um, when in their respective drafts, I think they might have been drafted around the same. Time Rosen was drafted one. a little higher. Rosen was in that class that we talked about with Sam Darnold, yeah. Josh, Josh Allen. But however, yes, he was a, a, a high first round pick yeah. coming out. And he and he just he wasn't good in Arizona, obviously. And they you know they brought in Kyler Murray, and we see the difference there. And then he kind of floated around to the point when again he was just on the Bucks practice squad, and then now the Forty Nine ers picked him up just because they've had so many injuries at the quarterback position, so they needed a backup. Uh, for was uh, Bradhurst. That was a uh, CJ that played the uh, that started for CJ Beathard, yeah. Beathard, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they only they only about third quarterback over there as well. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. So when I look at that situation, I'm like, you know what? I just I think everybody's just on the short leash, just because I think you know, especially now when you look at coaches and GMs, 
and how quickly they're being moved around. They want to keep their jobs as well. So I think in this situation, it was just more of he just kept stinking up the joint. And then when you add on the stuff that was going on off the field too, um, I mean, it was one game last season he was signing autographs in the stands before the game was over. So just that, you know what I'm saying? And even with, with Josh Rosen, we didn't see those antics. He just wasn't good on the field. So I think when you combine the fact that Haskins just was not good at all, really since he's, since he's got the chance to start, he just was not good. And then when you add on all of the off-the-field stuff that was going on with him, it's just like, oh, you know what, yeah, I can understand it. You know what I'm saying? Um, in this particular situation. But I do feel like, you know what I'm saying, we've seen that in the past where, where black quarterbacks don't get that 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 opportunity to, to stay and stick around and prove themselves. Um, just because, you know, again, this is a position that was for a long time said that African Americans could not play the quarterback position. So they would automatically get the short end of the stick. Yeah, now that I've relocated down into the DMV area, I've been able to closely follow the media out here and hear some of those stories that uh, we weren't privy to in New York, you know. And one of the things that I kept hearing was was how immature he was, um, his his attitude and his demeanor week in, week out. And that, yeah, he was showing up for film study. Yeah, he would casually go through the work, but he wasn't putting in the effort required of a starting quarterback. So. When I heard he was released, that was the, the my immediate thought that, you know what, the, the franchise had kind of just given up and, and grown tired of his issues as opposed, to, as opposed to it being a black or white issue with a young black quarterback. But I will say I'm still highly disappointed in the football team. And we've spoken about this several times before with all young athletes, not just Dwayne Haskins. You cannot invest a high first round pick in a guy and then not put the resources around them, right? Purely from a, from a talent standpoint, when you look at their team, They've got a makeshift running back game. Remember, they, they released Adrian Peterson the week before the season started. Mm-hmm. And then kind of were figuring out what they were going to do at the running back position all year, whether it was J.D. Uh, McKissick, whether it was Antonio Gibson. They don't have the receivers outside of Terry McLaurin. There's no no notable receiver on that team outside of Terry McLaurin. The, the offensive line is, is bottom half of the NFL. So you gave a young guy very little weapons to work with. So that's one part of it. The second part of it is, He's in his second year in the NFL. This is third different head coach. There has been a complete lack of stability there for Dwayne to thrive. Now, I'm not saying that Daniel Jones is is head and shoulders better than Haskins, but the Giants have made every effort to give Daniel Jones pieces and the coaching required so that he could thrive as a first round pick. Right. We don't see that with Dwayne Haskins. And so for the football team to put out this narrative of, I think it's just best the kid moves on. You know what? It probably is best that he moves on because you guys have never fully invested in his development. He has yet to start 16 games yet in the NFL. He sat the whole first half of last year. Then you guys brought him in as the season was going to waste. This year, you bring in a new head coach, a new GM. Oh, by the way, neither one of them were there to draft him. So now there's no emotional connection. There's no tie between Ron Rivera and Dwayne Haskins because you're not my guy. I didn't draft you, right? Then not only do you bring in a new head coach, but then Ron Rivera brings in his quarterback from Carolina to be the backup. So now you're the young guy looking over your shoulder like, wait a minute, I don't even know this playbook. Oh, by the way, there was no offseason this year. There was no training camp, no preseason. So now you're giving me a brand new playbook. I got to look over my shoulder at a veteran quarterback who already knows the system and was your guy in Carolina 
Also, we got Alex Smith now in the quarterback room who you guys want to give some playing time to because he's getting paid $30 million. You don't want to just sit him on a bench. Mm -hmm. I think it was it was a bad situation from the very beginning. I commend Ron Rivera for what he's been able to do with this Washington team. They go into week 17 with an opportunity to make the playoffs. But the handling of, of Haskins to me has been terrible. And I hope that Haskins lands somewhere with a veteran and proven coaching staff where he can get a time, an opportunity to just develop. And the first team that popped in my mind when he got released was, wouldn't it be interesting if Mike Tomlin takes a shot on Dwayne Haskins? A proven head coach with a track record for winning with a veteran quarterback who's probably on his way out another year or two anyway. Yep, take a study. Yeah. Listen, Dwayne Haskins, he's got to do some growing up from the things that I've read and I heard, mm -hmm. but I don't think that's the end of the story with him. I think it's also about putting the coaching staff around him that can help him flourish and develop. Too many times we see these young guys, they come into the league. Yes, they, they're going to be divas. They're young guys making millions of dollars. They've been the best, the biggest man on campus everywhere they've been. Mm -hmm. But for, for his lack of experience, he started one year at Ohio State. He hasn't started a full season in the NFL. So over the last three years, as a quarterback, I don't even think he started 25 games. The kid yeah. just needs reps. He needs opportunity to play to show you he can do some of the things that made him a 15th round, uh, 15th overall pick. Yeah. So I don't think the chapter's closed on Dwayne Haskins. And ultimately, my feeling is the Washington football team, they didn't handle this the best way possible, I think, for a young quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I, I, everything you said was absolutely correct. That's why I said in this particular situation, I don't think it was the was the black white thing in this one. Just because he just didn't have enough around him. You mentioned the running backs. Uh, you, you know, also with that, remember the starting running back was supposed to be uh, Darius. Uh, uh, was a guys, and yeah. we know what happened with him at the beginning of the season. So everything has kind of been like a whirlwind for this kid. So he just never really got a legitimate shot at being a quarterback. Maybe if he had, if they had jumped, you know, put him right in to start last season, uh, you know, from the, from the beginning, since they knew, you know, it wasn't going to be, Alex Smith wasn't going to be back. You know what I mean? They could have just started with him um, from the jump, but they wanted to wait, and, and, and then he, you know, winds up going in later. But, yeah, they got McLaurin, you know what I'm saying, who I think is, is a pretty good young receiver. But Washington has been building the defensive side of the football. They have not been working on on that offensive side of the, of the football uh, through the draft and, and and I guess through free agency or whatever. So he really just has nothing, no type of support around him. None of the quarterbacks that are there. Now it was a, it looked they looked a little different with Alex Smith behind center because he's a seasoned veteran quarterback who can he can kind of uh, adapt for some of the uh, of the shortcomings that that the Washington football team has. Wayne Haskins, like you said, I mean, we has he started twenty five games yet? No, I don't think he's it's been that many games, so he doesn't have that yet. And then again, when you bring in Kyle Allen, who's who's Ron Rivera's guy from from Carolina, now mentally, now I'm already messed up because now I got to try to overcompensate anything I can do. I got to try to get everything clicking at all at all at once because they brought this guy in here to you know what I'm saying, and that's his guy. So I don't, I don't even, I don't got no type of pull with the coach, nothing, and he brings in a quarterback, you know what I mean? So I do, I hope he gets another shot um, in this league. But it, you know, the only thing is, is that, is that the, when you look at his resume as far as in the NFL, it's been bad. That's my only thing. Um, you know, like I said, I mentioned Josh Rosen earlier. I thought that was like the perfect example for this situation. He's still been able to float around. I mean, it was only a practice squad 
with the Buccaneers, with the 49ers, he'll probably wind up being a backup. But, I, but again, we're going into week 17 right now. So is he really going to get a legitimate look this season with only one game left that he's not going to play in more than likely unless this kid gets injured? You know what I mean? But he was able to hang around. So I think for Haskins, as long as he's able to hang around, um, it's not a situation where, you know, was, I mean, maybe like, geez, got to be like 10, 10 years ago, a little bit more now, with uh, Jamarcus Russell where he just was out of shape and couldn't come back around. The kid is still in shape. You know what I mean? So I think he just he just needs that tutelage. He needs to be in the right situation. You, did, you mentioned Pittsburgh, which actually would kind of be a perfect situation for him. Great coaching out there. You've got uh, Juju out there. You've got uh, Claypool, and these guys are young wide receivers. Uh, you got James Conner at, at running back. They got a decent tight end um, out there. So that a situation like that, I think, would be ideal for him. Um, so I hope he does. You know what I mean? Like I really, I really do. I really wish the best for him. Um, but now, I think that's where it's going to come into play the black white thing moving forward. He's not in, you know what I mean, as far as will he be able to land someplace else in the NFL next season. Because I, I, I doubt it would be this season just because we're going into week 17. So I don't see him getting picked up. Um, my only thing, my only question would be, if I'm Washington, why not wait until the offseason and try to trade him and get something for him? Maybe you could have got a fifth-round pick or anything. We're talking about a kid that was just literally just drafted in the first round last year. And again, it's as bad as his resume was. It's not like he started sixteen games last season, uh, fifteen games this season, and it was just horrible. You know what I mean? He hasn't really had enough on his resume to really say, "All right, no, this kid is a bust. It's time. We, he's just he's not ever going to be anything." So I was wondering why they wouldn't wait until the off season and maybe try to get some kind of compensation for him. Yeah, I, I think, and that goes to my point of the lack of patience there because I, I don't know what side of the story to really believe when it comes to Dwayne Haskins, because on one hand, they'll say things like he was immature. Um, you know, he still has a lot of growth in the game and he's got to, he's got to make a stronger commitment. The word I kept hearing was, or the phrase I kept hearing was he needs to make a stronger commitment, but you made him a captain of the team in the off season. So why was he made a captain? If you guys felt he wasn't mature enough and wasn't making a proper commitment to the quarterback position and to be a leader of this, this team. Um, I, I think there's a lot of issues and, and you touched on the, the draft this past year, you know, they, they went out, they got chase young, even though they already had three other first round picks on their D line, they go get chase young and no, n- no complaints about that. Chase young looks like he's going to be the defense rookie of the year, yeah. but in a draft that was loaded with offensive weapons, they grabbed none. Yeah. Right. Claypool was a second round pick of the Steelers. You know, we saw guys like Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman Jr., all these guys go in the second round and the Reds and the football team never made the effort to say, look, let's go get a piece. Let's go get another piece and make it work. He started seven games last year. He's only started five games this year. Again, a total of, of 12 games over two seasons. You put the 14 games he started at Ohio State. That's 26 games over three years that he started. Yeah. The kid doesn't have enough on his resume, as you said. And I think to release him now, and now the narrative has become, well, he was photographed out without a mask on. Listen, none of that mattered because you started him on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. So him being out had nothing to do with you releasing him. 
for whatever whatever happened between yesterday's game and this afternoon's press release, something happened there, something in that dynamic changed. And I don't know if we're ever going to hear the full story, but I do hope that the young man gets another shot. Um, keeping it on the NFC East, though, Trip, your Giants made it to Week 17, playing for the division. Uh, massive game, uh, massive games coming up across the board. You guys obviously have the Cowboys, the losers that eliminated. Obviously, the winner has a shot at the division, depending on what the Washington Football Team does. How are you feeling going into Week 17? I'm actually feeling very confident going into Week 17. I knew this thing was going to be a week to week thing. Uh, for the division from, you know, at least maybe like six six weeks ago. I, I said it was going to be a week-to-week thing. Um, but I honestly, I really like the Giants' chances. Um, I'm hoping because I know, you know, Daniel Jones came back this past week, but I, I don't I didn't think he was – I don't even think he was at 80%. So I'm hoping that at least this week, he he'll, you know, he has a little bit more reps on the center, and I think he comes back, he'll be a little bit healthier – I got. I give the Giants a goodest chance of, of any one of these three teams uh, to win to, to to win a division. Dallas has played well the last uh, three weeks, but they've played well. You know, what I mean, against bad teams. So you know, any, when you play when you play bad teams and you look good, you look great playing playing bad teams. Now the Giants have been. You know, they've been bad themselves as well. But I think this is a big division game. The Giants were actually up in the last game they played against Dallas before um, Dak Prescott got injured, and you know we 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 you know we know when when a guy gets injured and then the backup comes in, sometimes you're not always prepared because you've set your defense on say in this situation where Dak is more of a mobile quarterback, so your defensive scheme is set for Dak. And then now you got to switch it up at the last minute for for Andy Dalton, who's more of an inside of the pocket passer, you know. And they got one, they got and they and they got the Giants. But I think now they're game planning for Andy Dalton. Um, I think that that the Giants have have a really good chance to win this game. And then if you look at what's going on again, going going back to Washington, I mean they're they're on on the fifth string quarterback at this point now. As bad as the Eagles have been, honest, I, I I see the Eagles winning this game. Um, you know, I think somewhat easily the Eagles win that game. So I, I think it will come down to who wins this game, Giants or or, or Dallas. I think the Giants have, have a good shot as as any um, to do it. And I think you know with Dallas, you know they they I think they they getting a little they getting a little big headed. You know what I'm saying? They won a couple of games now. And I think, you know, they come in there and mess around. The Giants is going to take this thing. Yeah, I heard a, a comment from Zeke Elliott where he said something to the effect of, if you wasn't rocking with us early in the year, don't try to jump on a bandwagon now. Was he talking to Skip is, Bayless is, when he said that? Huh? I said, was he talking to Skip Bayless when he said that? Because you know Skip be jumping on and off the Dallas bandwagon every week. I don't, I don't know who he was speaking to. But I just find it ironic that somebody on a six and nine team would say, if he wasn't rocking with us early in the season, don't rock with us now. Like, bro, you probably wasn't even rocking with y'all early exactly. in the season, wait, especially about? the way he was playing, yeah. especially the way he was playing. He had so, a horrible six game stretch. Yeah, he 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 was very iffy earlier this season to the point where a lot of people were questioning if Tony Pollard should be the starting running back. Yeah. So uh, Zeke Zeke got a little carried away, and like you said, they they're getting fat off the soft part of their schedule. They were three and nine just three weeks ago. It took them a three game winning streak just to get to a respectable, uh, a reasonable six and nine. Exactly. So I do agree with you, though, that the winner of the Cowboy Giants game is going to win the division. 
the fact that Washington is still unsure about Alex Smith on Sunday and they've even elevated a practice squad quarterback as the backup lets you know that they have no idea what's going to happen at quarterback going into Sunday. So with that being said, I can't trust it. I I can't feel comfortable in any way, shape, or form thinking that they're going to beat an Eagle team that seems to be a little more motivated with Jalen Hurts. Granted, Eagles struggled yesterday, and a lot of that had to do with Fletcher Cox getting hurt in the middle of the game. That was a defense that really – Right, that was the defense that fell apart for the the, the Eagles. However, Jalen Hurts has played very well, and I think he's going to give another good uh, effort on Sunday. So I think it's going to come down to, to to the Giants and the Cowboys. And I'm rooting for the Giants because I, I've said on record plenty of times, I love what Joe Judge is doing. Yeah. And this goes against my preseason pick because in the preseason, I thought Dallas would win this division. But the effort that Joe Judge has been able to get from that team week in, week out, I really like it. And I would love to see the Giants find a way to extend their season, even if it's for one more game. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Like, I, right. you know, I've been telling you, I'm okay with that. But just right. because of how bad things were and the fact that they did not quit, and when you look at with 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 the Eagles and Washington, it was a little bit different. Like those Eagles, Washington, and, and the Giants, them being the way they were. I mean, they were you know what I mean a little bad coming in to this thing. But their thing was injuries at key positions. With Dallas, they, they it, just, it was the effort that wasn't there. They were quitting. That's completely different. You know what I mean? Because even with yeah, that got hurt. You know what I mean? But they were losing before Dak got hurt. And then, you know, and Andy Dalton is still a a seasoned veteran quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, so he can get the job done when you look at, you got Amari Cooper, Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott out there. You know, and they still had a decent offensive line this year. You know what I mean? That's a feasible offensive system. Like, you put a veteran quarterback into that system, he, he can do some things. With with the other mm-hmm. three teams, again, it was the key injuries. You got Daniel Jones missed a couple of times. Saquon Barkley was the Giants' best player done for the season. The receivers getting banged up in and out. Tate, uh, Shepard, all of these guys getting in and out, in and out of the games. You know, then you go to the Eagles. The Eagles, they didn't even have wide receivers. Damn, they the first seven weeks of the season. None of these top wide receivers was in there. Deshaun Jackson just came back yeah. <laughs> this, this past week. You know what I mean? So. Just those injuries just piling up. But, again, with Dallas, it was more of an effort thing as opposed to the key injuries really affecting him. Because that, uh, Dak Prescott was there as a huge loss, but you still have, have Andy Dalton as your, as your backup quarterback. And you, you spoke about that being a good pickup from the jump from the, from the beginning yeah. of the season. You know what I mean? Because they almost – we, we thought they might have gone into the season with Andy Dalton starting anyway. So, you know, I, I, I think that they were still in a good position, but the effort – wasn't there, especially on the defensive end. But then, you know, with Zeke, Zeke, most of this season, he was horrible. Zeke has been bad. Yeah, not to the Zeke that we Flat know. Out, that yeah. we've, the, yeah. one, the Zeke Elliott that we've seen the past couple of years, this was not that by far. You know what I mean? So, and then now, yeah, you won a couple of games. But we, let's not act like, because it, even if Dallas does win the division, if they go in and they beat the Giants, Washington losers, I'm not picking Dallas to come out of the the wild card rounds of the players. I don't. I don't look at that team and say, "Yo, oh this." I think because I think it would be the, they would be playing the Bucks right now if everything kind of uh, finished the way it is. They would play the Bucks, right? I don't see them beating them. I don't give a damn if they playing in Dallas or not. I don't see them beating the Bucks. First of all, if anything, that still we still that still gives the the Bucks the advantage because Dallas is in the dome, so it's not like there's any weather conditions that could affect anybody. So it's not like you get any advantages there. So it's not like, oh, yeah, because they won three games. 
and they beat uh, the Bengals to over four, four and four and ten, I think. The uh, Washington and uh, who's who's the other team they beat? That was and the Eagles and yeah, and oh the 49ers they beat the banged up oh, 49ers. Yeah, they team. got the 49ers. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So let's we're not gonna sit up here and act like oh just because they won those three games and they might beat the Giants. Now they about to run the table and get to the Super Bowl. No, they're just as bad as they was four weeks ago. They just played some worse teams. So you know what I'm saying you look good. Like I said, you when you 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 beat the teams you're supposed to beat. That's what they did. They beat three teams in a row that they were supposed to beat. And if you beat yeah, the they, Giants, you know what I'm saying that's a that's a coin toss game. That can go either way. Either one of those those teams can win next week. You know what I mean? Yeah. But what is that saying about your team? You, are you better than you were when you were when you were three and nine? No, <laughs> you're just as bad. You're just fortunate enough that you had a soft schedule to end the, the the regular season, and and you're gonna look bad if you do go into the wild card round and you have to play any of the teams that are ahead of you, whether it be the Saints, the Packers, or the Bucks. And if whatever any one of those teams that you have to play in the wild card round, you're gonna get your boots smoked. Yeah. I, I, I've been on record, as I said, Joe Judge, to me, gets a, gets several votes for Coach of the Year because of what he's been able to do. Saquon went out week two. He was by far the best offensive player on the team, mm-hmm. yet somehow he kept them afloat. Um, Logan Ryan was an amazing pickup in the offseason. Blake Martinez was an amazing pickup in the offseason. And look, the numbers don't lie. The Giants are, in terms of defense, they give up the six fewest points in the NFC. The top team in the NFC as far as points allowed is the Rams. The Giants only give up three more points a game than the Rams. And the Rams have studs like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on their defense. Exactly. So somehow Joe Judge has been able to keep this defense competitive week in, week out, and, and playing top-notch level football. They played Tampa Bay earlier this season. That came down to the final possession of the game. And Evan Ingram had an opportunity in that game to make a big catch. Yeah. That might have won that game for the Giants. So – I'm not to me, I, I'm rooting for the Giants not only because I think they're the better team, but I also think they're just a better matchup because of what Joe Judge has been able to do with that defense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Joe Judge, and, and we talked about it. The only game I can point to this season where I can say flat out the effort wasn't there for the Giants was their third game of the season against the 49ers. And that was the game following Saquon going out, where they were still trying to figure out what they were going to yeah. do. But the two games prior to that, they played Pittsburgh to a close game on opening night. They lost to the Bears on a goal line stand in week two, mm-hmm. right? We saw they should have beat Dallas the first time they played them. They should have beat the Eagles the first time they played them. The Giants, week in, week out, have been competitive. Yeah. Even in yesterday's loss, they didn't get embarrassed against a Don't. really good Baltimore team. They just didn't have the weapons. They they couldn't compete score for score. Yeah. But again, to hold Lamar in that offense to 27 points is, is respectable when you consider that the Giant offense was struggling to move the ball all game. So, and then they, they had like, to, they had to record against Dallas for rushing yards when they yeah. when they played Dallas too. So, you know, like yeah, it is what it is. I, like I said, I, I like what the Giants have been doing. I think that this is a game that lines up perfectly for them in terms of win this game, and let's get ready to move on. Like you said, Tampa, I think is very beatable. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that the Giants go on a major run in the playoffs, no. but in terms of who I like better against Tampa in that first round, it would be the Giants or Washington because of what they can do with their defense. Yes. Not a Dallas team that was giving up almost 40 points a game for the first half of the season. That ain't cutting it against Tom Brady and and Tampa Bay. Yeah. You need to be able to play some defense. And ultimately, 
I think it's 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 a little disgraceful that you know because the division has been so bad that Dallas gets to hang around and now they get to play for a possible playoff spot. Dallas was terrible this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we talk about teams that were really bad, Dallas was there, and so now that they starting to hang their hat on this, oh hey, we're good. If if you wasn't rocking with us before, don't rock with us now. Bro, ain't nobody rocking with you now either, Zeke. I don't know what you're talking about. Ain't nobody got any faith in you or nobody's rocking with you at this point. But and they still gave up 33. They beat, you know, they beat the 49ers, but they still gave up 33 to to the backup quarterback. And that was before Kittle came back. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so y'all ain't saying nothing. Not 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 a thing. Uh there's a lot of a lot of games with playoff implications this week. We know Pittsburgh with their great comeback against the Colts yesterday were able to wrap up the AFC North. Um, the, I, I needed NFC. y'all on that one, man. I needed y'all. Y'all had that man. one. Yeah, man. That that one that one hurt, man. Our defense really wore down in the second half of that game, and man, I, I hate to say it because he's been playing well, but Philip Rivers just missed some really bad throws yesterday, man. Yeah, there was a couple that was like, oh, that hurts, man. You I was know, like, but... the Jets did they did they helped us out, and I was like, <laughs> if if the Colts can just hold on <laughs> and get this one. We, we, we had good. an opportunity. Uh, like I said, we we blew that. We saw the NFC West get uh, cl- clinched up yesterday mm-hmm. with uh, the Seahawks. And then, like you said, now we got some teams that a couple weeks ago we thought were shoe-ins who may not make it, including my Colts. The Browns with a terrible loss yesterday. They might not make the playoffs now. Yeah. The Ravens have second life. The Rams somehow have fallen completely apart over the last <laughs> two weeks after they looked like they were going to win the division. I know your boy is going to be happy because the Bears got a chance. To sneak yeah, back. yeah. I, he, he was blowing up my phone. He was literally blowing up my phone during the game yesterday. No, he can't say nothing because we were supposed to meet up the following week and he punked out. No, yeah, I don't want to yeah, hear yeah. nothing out of him. I don't we, care I'm if they a, make the playoffs or not. I'm going to remind him of that. We're going to have to, we're gonna have to uh, get, get a rain check on that one. But <laughs> with all that being said, who's the one team in, in the AFC or NFC? Who's the one team you think is going to end up on the outside looking in? Uh, on all right, so on the NFC, well, it's definitely either side. Either side, who's the one team you're pretty sure of that's going to be on left, left outside of the party? I would have to say Arizona. Uh, in the um in the NFC, who and I thought they had a, a really good chance of making it, but they kind of they kind of blew that. Uh, the last couple of weeks, things got a little shaky, and I thought they were really good the first half of the season. Um, but I think, I think them and I got to say Cleveland, actually, you know what? I'm going to have to say Cleveland and, and the Colts and the AFC, just because they both control their own destiny. I think the Browns were a little bit worse just because the Browns, you lost to a one win Jets team. That's horrible. And they lost to, they lost to them. Um, with the Colts, you know, they, they lose to the Steelers who, again, I, I still say that they are not as good as their record would would, would, would lead you to believe, but they are still, you know, a top team in the AFC, if you, you know, just record wise. So, you know, I can, I can, I can accept that one, but you can't lose to, to a, a one win Jets team. You know what I mean? That's played horribly. They done lost Jamal Adams. They done lost Le'Veon Bell earlier this year. They pre- they have, they are and and no disrespect to Frank Gore, because I think he's a future hall of famer, but they are, on Frank Gore right now. They got Frank Gore, who is... Frank Gore might be older than... You know what I mean? Like, how old is Frank Gore right now? He's still kicking, which I respect. But, I mean, come on. Like, you cannot lose to a, a one... You know what I'm saying? A one-win New York Jets team. 
I'm sorry. They they blew it. This was the opportunity to give everybody was talking big things. It was looking good. Odell wasn't there. They were spreading the ball around. I know Jarvis Landry didn't play in this last in this last game. I don't give a damn. You cannot lose to a one-win Jets team and you're trying to make a push for the playoffs. So I think Cleveland is going is, is a huge upset that they didn't make the playoffs. This is or that they won't make the playoffs this season. Um, but I just I, I don't see it happening. And then they next next week's game is not like there's you know what I'm saying they get it they get they get a break. Yeah, they 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 uh so in the AFC we've got four teams pretty much playing for three spots. Tonight's game is gonna have a big impact, I think, on what Pittsburgh does next week. Because if Buffalo wins tonight, Pittsburgh has to win next week to try to get the number two seed. Yes. Though there's no buy attached to it. If you're Pittsburgh, you want to try to play as many home games as possible before eventually having to go to Arrowhead to face Kansas City, who we both believe is going to be on their way to the Super Bowl, regardless. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not that uh, the, the Raiders are out of this thing. I thought that was right. the only team in the AFC where I was a little nervous, like, hold on, they might give them a run. But, you know, that that, that loss to Miami, that sealed their fate, and they're up out of there now. Yeah, I, I think Cleveland loses next week. I think they lose next week, and that's going to allow the Colts, Ravens, and Miami to go in. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with, with Tennessee as well, because even though right now on format Tennessee is in, Tennessee and the Colts are tied for the division, and if Tennessee Tennessee has to win next week, or they could be on the outside or possibly lose the division as well. But I think the one team that just stands out the most to me is Cleveland. That Pittsburgh game still means something to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's going to try to secure the number two seed. And because Pittsburgh looked so bad the previous three weeks before beating the Colts, there's no way Pittsburgh wants to go into the playoffs with bad momentum. They want to go in hot again. They want to go in knowing we're on a two-game winning streak and we figured out some things. Cleveland has blown a golden opportunity, uh, whether it was that loss to Baltimore or this loss now to the Jets. They had two opportunities where they could have won and really secured their place in the playoffs, and they didn't do it. And I think they're the team to me that just looks to – the most like they're out um, in the NFC. It'll get tricky. Like you said, it, it could be Arizona. Chicago needs to be green Bay, which I think that game is still going to hold some significance because green Bay is trying to lock up the number one seed. Also green Bay would love nothing more than to knock out their rival bears from the playoffs of course, and send, and send them packing. Uh, Arizona has a tough game against the Rams and the Rams need to win to get in. So I wish it was going to be in, in, in uh, New York next week. We can set it up to have a view in, um. I, listen, I, I may have to, I may have to make some arrangements. I'm, I'm gonna get on the horn, and we're gonna make some arrangements because okay. all three of our teams have playoff implications. So we may have to figure out a way to all be together to see get the immediate reaction of, of you know, whether we making it or not making it. Okay. We're gonna have to figure that out. But I agree with you. I think Cleveland is out on the AFC side of things, and I think Arizona loses to a Ram team. I think that that. You know, unfortunately, Jared Goff uh, continues to really mess this thing up for them because they've got a special defense and Jared Goff's got to figure it out. Uh, he, he dislocated his thumb yesterday. He's, he's saying he's going to play Sunday. But listen, the way he's been playing lately, they probably don't even need him at quarterback. They just need somebody who can stop turning over the damn ball yeah. so that they can, you know, play some some reasonable football. Um, but that's where I stand with it. And we got to see how it plays out, man. Uh, you know, with that being said, though, we definitely got to congratulate some other teams. So we know the Chiefs 
officially clinched up their bye yesterday. Uh, the Jaguars officially clinched up the number one pick in the draft yesterday, so they're celebrating that. Duval County's going crazy for that. Duval. Duval, they going crazy. Uh, Justin Herbert continues to, to shine. He's probably going to be offensive rookie of the year. He set the new record yeah. uh, for quarterback stone by a rookie quarterback. Now, I still think I, I, I still think Joe Burrow, you know what I'm saying, is is, is better. And I not to, I'm not not taking away from just her because I think he's played great, but I think that if Joe Burrow doesn't get injured, he probably would be rookie of the year. I agree. I think Joe was on that type of path, but and I hope he comes uh, back next season and he's good to go. Yeah, and and I hope they draft some old linemen for him more more than anything. Yeah, you know, keep keep the kid healthy, man, because he's special. He showed a lot while he was out there. Uh, but Justin Herbert is, is is special in his own right as well. Yes, and I'm happy to see him doing what he's doing out there. Uh, that team is going to be exciting the next few years. Uh, you know, they, they still got some holes to fill, but when it you sucks, got a young quarterback got, he, got, like he, better, he better send, <laughs> that's just bad, but he better send a gift basket to that doctor that, that blew it uh, earlier this season because he wouldn't even been in. Well, I'm not saying he wouldn't have been in there because he might have got in eventually, but not when he when he got into the game because of the whole situation with Tyrod Taylor and the and injection going wrong. Right, right. Um, and, and, you know, it's been an entertaining NFL season. Um, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, they've been shining stars. Uh, the Jets continue to be the Jets. They found a way not to get Trevor Lawrence. Hopefully they draft Justin Fields. We got to see what happens there, though, man. Yeah, I don't, What's I don't, up, though? Don't, you want to get into some NBA talk? Let's do it. I don't understand. I just don't understand if you are the Jets. How do you drop the ball on this one? Like, how? I don't understand how. You had a chance to get a, a a generational talent at quarterback position. Sam Darnold, he might he might be able to be good in the right situation. But Sam Darnold didn't come into the league with the with the with the potential or the hype that 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 Trevor Lawrence is ha- is gonna have coming in this season and you had a chance to, to get him. You were trying they were trying to give this thing up for the last couple of weeks anyway and they finally did it. So, you know, Jets, J-E-T-S, man. Yeah. The, the crazy thing with it, like you said, in regards to generational talents is there have been three quarterbacks ever in the history of the league that all scouts unanimous, unanimously have said are can't miss prospects, right? John Elway, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck. Those are the three that every scout who has watched the game will say those are can't miss prospects. Those, those guys are studs. And we saw how all those careers turned out. Elway won two Super Bowls. He played in five. Manning won two Super Bowls. He played in four. Andrew Luck retired early, but the talent was there. We saw it, you know, while he was playing. He was playing. balling. He was balling. He was balling, right? He just decided to walk away from the game early. Everyone is saying that Trevor Lawrence is of that cloth. He is that type of generational talent. How do you so when I saw the now? Yeah, when I saw the Jets players celebrating yesterday, only thing I could be thinking was the ownership was probably punching the air in, in the press box. Like, what are y'all doing out here? <laughs> we had a chance. But let, let's get into some NBA talk, man. And, and unfortunately, today we, we got to start uh, with some with some bad news, man. Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Trip. we know you've been a fan of his for several years. And I give you props for that because before he even started taking off, you liked his game. Yeah, Partially that's- torn ACL. He's done for the season. This is a major blow for a Nets team that had aspirations of going to the NBA Finals this year. Let me get your immediate thoughts on that, and then we'll get into, you know, team by team. First of all, it hurt me to see the porn stash go down. 
Um, you know that's my guy, man. I'm a huge, huge supporter of Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, for years. You know, uh, from dating from the first year we were at the Barclays Center, and I was talking about this this kid, and he's lived up to what I said. He, you know, what I'm saying the potential that he had, he's lived up to it. Um, you know, I'm hoping because there's a chance he may be able to come back towards the end of the season. I, I, it just depends on how well his recovery goes. Um, it's a huge loss though for for the for the Nets. Uh, you know, because that roster is so deep. You know. But Dimwitty is such a big piece of that. He was the one that kind of carried the load last season. The reason they were able to get back to the playoffs with Kyrie going down is because Dimwitty stepped up during the Kyrie injury, during the Levert injury, because Levert missed some time last uh, season as well. It was Dimwitty that was really carrying the load uh, for the Nets, pushing them into the playoffs. Now, unfortunately, he caught COVID right before they were about to open up, so he wound up not going back into, into the bubble. But... I mean, nobody thought the Nets were gonna were gonna make any significant noise last season anyway, especially without uh, Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving there. But when you see how you know, I mean, obviously we we only got a small sample, but this Nets team is really really good with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and the fact that they have guys like Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Levert. Jared Allen, they're, they're so deep. Uncle Jeff they got out there. They're so deep that, honestly, I think they're the best team in, in the Eastern Conference. Um, and even even without Dinwiddie, I think they'll still do well. I think they still will go as far as I, as I think they can go anyway, which is to the finals, honestly, if, if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving can stay healthy. Those are the two guys that I feel like have to stay healthy. And if they, if they do that... I think that they can get to the finals still. Um, they say they're like I said, they, they did say there's a chance that Dinwiddie could come back towards the end of the season. So I really hope, you know, what I'm saying that he can, because um, I I just I really like what I'm seeing from the Nets. The only thing I didn't like that I've seen this season from the Nets was uh, Scary Terry throwing it on uh, Kevin Durant uh, the other night in one of the most embarrassing of ways. And you got somebody that's about six two. Throwing it on somebody that's about seven t- foot tall with the thunder that he threw that, that thing down with. And Kevin Durant was trying to block that thing. And he actually kind of tipped the ball a little bit with his hand. But Terry Rozier, this the power that he just came down with, it was just ugly. KD, you got to wear that one, though, bro. You, you, you've officially been posterized. You want to see a dead body? <laughs> <laughs> he caught a body on that one. He caught a body on that one. He did. Um, it, it, it was it was funny to see Kevin Durant like because obviously you said they they go up, he dunks it and then Kevin Durant comes down and he's kind of like on one knee and he has that look like oh man I didn't I didn't think he was gonna get that one on me. I'm just glad but, he didn't uh, get hurt the way he came down because the way he kind of that little crouch over I guess that was from the yeah. embarrassment but I'm just glad he didn't hurt because he that was that was that was tough. <laughs> yeah, he caught he caught a mean on him. He caught a mean on him. And um in regards to Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, I, it's unfortunate because he's been putting together a nice career for himself. Yes. You know, and he he worked his way into one of those guys who though he's not an all-star, he's a very good contributor to your team. He's a guy who can get you 15 to 18 any night. Mm-hmm. Um him and Kyrie were looking really good together in the backcourt, which was a dynamic that I was interested to see. Because I think Kyrie has been more receptive to playing off the ball now. Yes. You know, where Kyrie still gets his moments and he's going to handle the ball and he's going to kill you with the handle. But 
he's been more receptive to saying, let, let Spencer run some of the offense a little bit. So that way my user rate isn't so high. And that way, physically, I'm just not wearing down as much. You know what I'm saying? Still I'm gonna say still going to play. Off. Right. Yeah, I'm still going to get the same amount of shots. I'm still going to play 30, 35 minutes every night. But I don't need to have a ball in my hands the whole game. Let let Spence do it. Let Karras do a little of the heavy lifting, yeah, exactly. which was which, which is a good thing to see because that was one of my biggest question marks about this team. How are they going to integrate those other two guards who I think are highly talented guards? And they found a way to do it. Um, aside from the close loss yesterday, and it wasn't an embarrassing loss like a certain team on the West Coast took. Uh, the Nets have been. I, I'm talking about. I'm talking about your boy and them. Way off P and them. Oh, LeBron ain't lose. No, no, no. I, I didn't say King James. Oh, you said way off boy. Well, your other boy. I know. I know you found a way <laughs> off P. Not play off P. Way off P. Yeah. That's what I was so before we get into them, yeah, go, right, go, go, go. Finish, finish them, I want to say, like I said, I've been pleasantly surprised. I've been highly critical of the Nets, so I'm not going to change my stance on that. But I will say that I've been pleasantly surprised by how quickly they've come together. Kevin Durant, he, he looks like Kevin Durant from two years ago. I got to give him that. And if Kyrie is going to continue to take this approach of not only am I the second best player, but I don't need to prove anything to anybody. Some of these young boys, let them do some of the heavy lifting, and I take over when I need to. Kyrie had a very sweet layup package yesterday with the crossover going right and then finishing with the left hand over LaMelo Ball that was smooth as hell. If they're going to do that, I agree with you. I think the Nets are going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. As much as, much as it pains me to say that as a Knicks fan, they look good right now. And then with his injury, we got to see how they integrate a new starter there. But as long as they don't get hurt, they've got a legitimate shot to make a long playoff run. Um, and then we're gonna get into the Clippers because I know you got a lot to say. I was about... gonna say I wasn't gonna say anything about them, Eric. Honestly, you you had nothing to say about about that score. No, why would I say anything about the worst loss in franchise history? Why would I have anything to say about that? Why would I say anything about you being down by fifty points in the first half, seventy-seven to twenty-seven? I've never even heard of a score like that. So why would I say anything about that? Why would I say anything about you finishing the game in a fifty-one point loss and way off P? Uh, his only response is, uh, "It's uh, it's not that big of a deal." Why would I have to say anything about that? I think it's, it pretty much speaks for itself. Every everything well, didn't, just speaks for itself with this situation. Wasn't he the was wasn't he the same one that said when they lost in the playoffs last year, our goal wasn't to win a championship, or, or something along those lines? It was him that said that, and this is why guys like Trez had issues with him. There's a couple other guys in that locker room that are still there that had issues with with, with, with way off P last season, and I'm sure they still got him this season. Because, and we're not going to act like, yes, okay, and the one thing about this game, right, is Kawhi didn't play in this game. He has, doesn't he matter. Had, he had the stitches in his mouth. Now, but Dallas didn't have Porzingis. So it's still it, one superstar listen, versus one superstar. So it, it, it don't matter. It don't matter who played or who didn't play. It was embarrassing. I have never heard of a team scoring 27 points in the half. That's embarrassing. Bro, I haven't even seen nothing like that on 2K. Right. That is embarrassing. <laughs> like, that's video game numbers on steroids. Like, right. Y'all should like, be ashamed of yourselves for that. In, in this day and age, the way the NBA is played at, the pace is played at, at the amount of shots that teams get, right? We see, like, don't get me wrong. We see teams get beat by 30 but still score 100 points, right? Yeah. The, the, my beloved Knicks the other night 
we lost, I think, 130 to 105, something like that, 25-point loss. But we still scored 105 points. It's just our defense was suspect. It was it was disgusting that night. Yeah. But you can't score 27 points and then in a half. This in case in case way off P didn't realize this 24 minutes and a half, you only scored 27 points. You were scoring just over one point per minute of the game. Yeah. And then you're going to say, it ain't that big of a deal. No, it is that big of a deal. Like that's because how you respond. My, that's your response. Right. My personal my personal feelings about it, and, and you and I had this conversation, that if you're the Clippers, you should be taking it personal this year. We didn't, we didn't live up to the expectations last year. Let's go out and show everybody that that was just a blip in the matrix. We better than that not get blown out in the third game of the season and then say it's not that big of a deal. Bro, I'm looking at this and I all I could all I could think about is Killmonger. This is your king? This is your king. This is the guys, this this is the team that you think is going to dethrone LeBron James, Anthony Davis and the Los Angeles Lakers. Those guys that just lost by 51 points. Paul George was horrible in that game. They they went four for thirty three from from downtown that game. Paul George was zero for six, not that big of a deal. You just you damn right it's that big of a deal. Are you out of your mind? Like you you are like this. this Paul Paul George is, is just getting worse and worse. Like you signed that big contract and this is what you're doing right now. You yeah, got that extension, all that all that all that money to put up fifteen points, and in, yeah. in a game where you in in the worst. Lost in franchise history of fifty one. I don't even want to be a part. Like there's certain games that you don't want to be a part of. Like yeah. you don't want to be on the opposite end of Kobe scoring eighty one. You don't want to be that team. You don't want to be Jaylen on the opposite Rose, of Jaylen Jaylen Rose scoring. Still can't live that down. Exactly. What was it? He said uh, they got into the restaurant and, and, and Kobe ordered a martini with with eighty one dollars. Eighty one dollars. Like you don't want to be a part of, of of those losses. You don't want to be a part of getting smacked by fifty one. I I know Kawhi. Was thanking his lucky stars that he was out getting getting stitches in his jaw because to be a part of that that's embarrassing. And then you're gonna it's sit terrible. up there after and say it's not that big a deal. Excuse me, yeah, you're professional, right? You're getting paid millions of dollars. You're supposed to be one of the top players in this league. You're one of the top two way players in this league, right? That's what I thought. That's what they say, right? That's why yeah. you got all this all this big money. You're supposed to be all NBA, and you come in and get spanked by fifty one. First of all, what kind of leadership is that? To after you get your ass whooped by fifty-one points, to come out and say, "Oh, it's not that big of a deal." Uh, what game was you at? Because that's a big deal. Right. Anytime right. you get you, you take you take that kind of a loss, that's a big deal. That that was the moment as a leader, you start throwing chairs around the locker room, like, "Yo, y'all better get this shit together." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Like what do you mean? It's not that big a deal. Are you dumb? Like, like, are you dumb? Yeah. That's not that big of a deal. No, you're supposed to get your Bobby Knight on after a loss. Like, after you get your ass whooped by 51, somebody got to, got to fight in the locker room after that. Like, yo, what? Like, yeah. and it's not even like like Luca had 50 on y'all. Luca had 24 points. He had 24. There's no excuse for that. You you mean you are you are, you are an elite level defensive player, and you could not do anything to to to, to nobody. In this game, nah, bro. I'm not. I'm not trying to. Hate. Paul George was minus twenty two in that game. You, like, nah, nah, bro. 
I'm not. I'm not trying to hear that. I'm not trying to hear that. Like, yo, the Clippers will not go anywhere because they do not have any type of real leadership. The fact that you could get up there and say it's not that big a deal, no, nah, man. If I lose by three points, it's a big. It's a big deal. I don't. I don't care. If I lose, it's a big deal for me. That's the competitive nature. Now, granted, I ain't in the NBA, but you put me on the franchise. If I take a loss, I'm pissed off, and some something got happen. I'm throwing a controller into the wall if it's a big loss, anything like that. Nah, I'm not trying to hear that, Joe. He needs to step his game up. That entire Clippers organization needs to step their game up. And I don't want to hear that. Oh, this is they the top team. They going no. I don't want to hear none of that. This I don't look at this team as a team that can make it to the finals. I don't even look at this team that can make it out the second round at this point. Y'all got to show and prove now. Yeah, I just don't get the like I said the mindset of it's not that big of a deal. Like that to me. It's just a complete lack of effort. That to me is like we didn't even want to be in the gym today. Yeah. Like, you know, it's the NBA. You're playing every night. You're playing up against an all-star. You know, there's a chance of you losing. We get that. But, now, Eric, you know, I will there's say, a difference. I will say this, though. Let me, and I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. All right. But this is important. Okay. And I have to say this. The only thing that makes me feel better about this situation is that um, the politicians, they just signed that bill. And up the stimulus check to two thousand dollars. That's the only thing that's gonna make me feel a little bit better about the situation. Continue. Oh, that's always good breaking news to have here <laughs> on the show. Uh with that being said, though, like I said, the effort's gotta be better. And I like Ty Lu. I'm a big fan and supporter of Ty Lu. But Ty Lu gotta put his foot, you know, where so these yes. guys realize this cannot continue. If it happened, okay. it happened. It better not happen again on my watch. Point blank yeah. period. Uh, with that being said, though, other NBA news, we got to salute KD. We talked about the Nets. They had a close loss against uh, – that's a pesky Charlotte team they played to. They, they're pretty pesky. I actually like them. They're one of them teams that's good to watch on NBA TV because they're, they're a little exciting. They got a lot of high flyers on that team. But KD uh, surpassed the 23,000-point mark. We know Easy Money Sniper is one of the greatest scores of all time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. one of many milestones he's going to reach in his career. And also, we got to give a major shout-out, man. We've been fans of this guy on the show. We talked about his personal struggles. Kevin Love, he's been very open about depression and, and, you know, some things that he's had to deal with as a player and as an athlete in general. The news came out today that he basically covered all the lost wages for the staff of Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Salute to Kevin Love, man, for continuing to just be a man of the people, man. NBA champion, Kevin Love. You can't slight that, man. You're absolutely right. And I apologize. I left that nugget out of his resume. NBA champion. You know, a lot of people will always view him as just like the third guy on that Cleveland team. But Kevin Love was an amazing player before then. And obviously he continues to show show us that he's an amazing human being as well. Before he got to Cleveland, he was arguably the best power forward in basketball. Like at that point, it was it was it was back and forth between him and Blake and who was the best power forward at the time. But he was averaging with 25 and was. 18 how many rebounds was he averaging a game some wild some wild number like he was, he was he, he, yeah he was having like he was his his yearly average was somewhere like around 28 and 14 yeah some some wild crazy number so he was doing this thing before he got there obviously you know some guys you're gonna have to sacrifice in order to win and if you're talking about playing alongside of LeBron James obviously we know LeBron is, is the best player in basketball at this point so we're talking about six years ago seven years ago when they won the championship I, it was by far, he was by far ahead of everybody else in the league. So you're going to have to conform a little bit, um, you know, but 
uh, Kevin Love did, did did his thing. Was he had the nine nine rebounds in that in that game seven or something like that? He, like he he was he put work in. You know what I'm saying? He put yeah. work in, and I think what you just said is even bigger than any work that he's ever put in on any basketball court. The fact that he was able to to step up and say, you know what, I've been blessed throughout my career to have several huge contracts, and for him. Let's just let's say something like that. He's making Kevin Love is probably making what anywhere between twenty five and thirty million dollars a year from the NBA. I don't know his exact contract numbers, but to, to to take care of that staff salary for the year, how much did he did he have to spend? A million of that, if that. It might not even been that. Might not even been that much. You know what I'm saying? But the fact that his mindset was, you know what, I'm gonna be good regardless. I'm a multi millionaire. I'm I'm worth a lot of money. I'm gonna be good. But you know what? These people that every day that come into this place and are all, we're all a part of this organization, all, all, all for one, you know what I mean? These people aren't going to be good if they, if they can't work. You know what I mean? So let me step in. Let me do my part to, to help out. And you got to applaud that man. You got to commend him. So big shout out to NBA champion Kevin Love. Absolutely, man. I think these are the type of, role models and leaders that we need especially during this time yes you know where, where so many people are out for self and and worried about what's most important to them this is great to see someone of, of kevin love stature step up and say you know what as you mentioned i'm i'm fine regardless but the hard-working people day in day out who need this job and need this uh check let me see how i can help them so kudos to him man um, before we wrap up trip, we got to get into this topic, uh, regarding major league baseball news broke that they will be integrating the stats from the Negro league as official major league baseball stats. We haven't heard all of the terms of how they're exactly going to do it. Um, uh, because as we know, we're talking stats dating back over a hundred years and you know, who was keeping track of them, but nonetheless, I've been on record, uh, in, in my first blog actually with real fans, real talk, where I highlighted how Baseball needed to find a way to appeal to the young black athlete and, and the black mass as, as a whole. I think this is one of the ways they're trying to do it. I think it's a great idea. I'm interested to see how they integrate it. But more importantly, for this younger generation, it's great that now they'll be able to see the recognition that needed to be paid to the black athlete who was dominating at that time and just couldn't come over to Major League Baseball and had to do it in the Negro League. That's a fact, bro. Um Probably it should have been done a long time ago. <coughs> Excuse me, but you know I guess it's better late than never. But I'm excited to see to what extent and how they change um, the rankings, how they incorporate the stats into into everything else. Um, you know, one of the things I was asking you before we jumped on the air was: Does this mean that we're gonna bump Satchel Page up? To being the greatest pitcher of all time, um, and if you and if you combine what he was able to do as an older man who had years of wear and tear on his body when he finally got into Major League Baseball, with what he was able to do in the Negro Leagues, and I'm talking about he Satchel Page had a long career. In the Negro League, I, I started, you know, once I when I seen that they were they were doing this, I started looking into the stats of some of these players, and Satchel Page, his numbers are amazing. If you look at what he was able to do in in the Negro League, you know, so I, I really want to see how they're gonna they're gonna tweak this thing, and if if guys will admit because 
you know, a lot of these older sports writers, you know, they, they be stuck in their ways, you know, which is, which is why we may not see a, a Pete Rose or Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame because no matter what, they, they're going to stick to their guns and what they they know and love as far as the game of baseball goes. So I really want to see, you know, what happens from this and how they change the record books, if they change the record books at all. Because it could be just a situation where they're like, all right, well, we're going to incorporate everything, but we're not adjusting none of these all-time lists or anything like that. And it just, and, and, and realistically, like, at this point, what are you going to do? So I, I, I want to wait and see, but I would like to know, you know, a lot of these guys, Josh Gibson, uh, you know what I'm saying, his numbers, when you start adding those in, Satchel Page, like I said, Jackie Robinson's numbers from from – the Negro Leagues and going over. There's so many guys that, you know what I'm saying, had great careers and so many guys that didn't make it into Major League Baseball. But if you look at their numbers from the Negro Leagues, shoot, they they, they could wash a lot of the guys <laughs> that were in Major League Baseball if you could, if you're comparing those numbers. So now how does that how do you change how do you incorporate someone whose numbers career wise that never made it into the Negro, into the into Major League Baseball, but let's just say you know, as as a hitter, all right. Let's say uh, Mickey Mantle, right? There's a hitter from the Negro Leagues that has way better stats than Mickey Mantle. How do we change? How do we change that now? How do we fix that? Because he never, but he never actually he didn't make it into the into Major League Baseball before the merger. So you never actually saw anything of what he could do in Major League Baseball, but his numbers are better than a lot of Hall of Famers that were in Major League Baseball. How do we, you know what I'm how do we view that? So there's a lot that's going to go into this. I'm interested in seeing, and as we get more into it, because it, they they kind of just announced it a, like maybe like a week or two ago, but they haven't actually dug deep into everything that's going to come out of this thing. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing where it goes, and we'll keep you guys posted uh, moving forward on you know once new news comes in on how they're actually going to do that we'll keep you guys posted as well absolutely I, I think it's phenomenal news as we talked about there's a there's a whole young generation that is out of touch with the Negro League and the importance of the Negro League so now that we get to integrate those stats I hope that there's a whole rollout behind this I hope Major League Baseball kind of does a, a big presentation to show the younger athlete and even show us like how important those players were to the game because those game those players really moved the game forward and they they started to draw an interest in a game that was that wasn't seen before the game you know we we always talk about Jackie Robinson but there was there was a big intrigue in what Jackie Robinson could do once he actually came over to Major League Baseball you know he happened to be the first but he wasn't the only one and he wasn't he may not have been the greatest one as you mentioned Sashu Page so i i hope there's a big rollout behind this the same way Major League Baseball has incorporated a Jackie Robinson day and shout out to my Mets because they have a whole uh, they have like a whole rotunda for Jackie Robinson as you enter the stadium to commemorate everything that he did great as a human being and as a baseball player. Mm-hmm. I hope Major League Baseball does the same thing for the Negro League rollout. And Trip, I know you, you feel Satchel might be the best pitcher ever as a Mets fan. Jacob DeGrom's the greatest pitcher ever, but we'll leave that <laughs> argument for another day. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Did Jacob DeGrom get rookie of the year at 30 after playing for 25 years in the Negro League? He he didn't accomplish that. However, he does have two Cy Young before the age of 30, but we're just, we're going to leave it at that. All right. All right. I all right. And after Jacob DeGrom, the second greatest pitcher of all time is Doc Gooden. So 
And I know it may sound biased. It may sound biased as a Mets thing, but it, that's just the All real right. ranking. Next time we next time we come to the crib, I'm gonna tell my grandmother how you feel about Satchel Page, and y'all gonna have to have a long discussion. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> hey, I, you know I'm open to a great sports debate. So Satchel can be third. I, I, it just so happens, it just so happens that two Mets pitchers are one and two. I, I have no control over that though. I'm not going to argue you down this time. I'm going to let you have this one. (laughs) We we got one more topic to get into, and then we're going to get up out of here, man. Uh, The football playoffs start next weekend right after college football playoffs, right after New Year's. Um, Roll Tide. I know how you feel about Alabama. Obviously, they get Notre Dame, and then we got Ohio State Clemson. Um, And and that was going to be interesting. Dwayne Haskins, former team, Trevor Lawrence, who we talked about, but also Dabo Sweeney did not vote for Ohio State to be in the playoffs. He felt they actually should be ranked 11th. Well, because they were only only 6 0. So I kind of understand some of that. And, you know, we. The strength of schedule is is, is is a huge thing in college football. And a lot of people get upset when your team goes, let's say, 12 0, but you don't make it to the playoffs. You know what I mean? And again, Eric, you, you know, you're a firm believer and you can only do deal with, with what's in front of you, granted. But then if that's the case, you're going to have to start scheduling some more games versus SEC teams and Big Ten teams and Big 12 teams. These, these you know, the, the divisions that are stronger. Like, they, like if you, because you, you could take a, a, a Auburn team who has not played well, you know, this this year, you know, by by any means, but you you throw them, you know what I'm saying, in one of these in 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 Appalachian next to Appalachian State or one of these other schools or BYU, and it just it they just don't add up. And even if you look at look at Notre Dame, right? A team, a school like Notre Dame is so revered; they get all this much praise. But Notre Dame, when they play these other schools, they get they they get they boot smoked. They when they play these top schools in the, in the top top divisions in college football, they get their boot smoked. They just lost to Clemson. It was ugly two two weeks ago. These are when they when and 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 Notre Dame is still a top school. You know what I mean? So when you look at these other like from the smaller and smaller college football divisions, it just it just doesn't add up. And I and I get it if you're in if you're in one of those conferences, those weaker conferences, you're like, yeah, well my team is this and that. But it's different when you got to go up against the Alabamas, the Clemsons, you know what I mean? Those teams, the the, the, the bigger conference teams. When you got to play those teams on a regular basis, it gets different. Um, again, Roll Tide, Alabama, though, I, you know, I think that they, they, I think they take it again. Um, I think it winds up being Clemson versus Alabama in the championship game. However, um, I would love – to see Justin Fields get to the national championship game and play well, lose to Alabama, but get there and play well, and maybe just be the defense that just gave up mad points. Because you know when you got two Heisman candidates on the same team, uh, finalists and Mac Jones and Devonta Smith, it's 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 going to be hard to deal with that. And then shoot, you you could miles you should actually. Najee Harris should have been on the damn Heisman finalist as well. You could have threw him up there, you know, as well. Um, but I do want to see um, Justin Fields play well. And, you know, we spoke about the Jets earlier, you know, in in the show. Um, they're not going to get Trevor Lawrence at this point, which is crazy that they these two quarterbacks will be going at it. Um, 
later on, later on, or next month, or I should say rather, I guess on on the New Year's Day, they'll be going at it, and those are going to be the top two quarterbacks drafted. So I would like to see Justin Fields play well. I I hope he can get the winner against Clemson, um, and then you know we go from there, and then obviously you know the tie got to roll after that. I feel you. So you're going Alabama against Ohio State. No, 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 no. I'm saying what I would like to see okay. is Ohio State versus Alabama. I, I just think the team as a whole, Clemson is better. And again, it's college football, so you know things can happen. Not, I don't think things happen in that Notre Dame Alabama game. But I just think those two teams are too far apart. Um, but when you look at Clemson and Ohio State, we have not had a a, a big sample of Ohio State this season. You know, what I mean, granted they were undefeated at six and zero, but we haven't seen a big sample of of them. You know what I mean? So I think that one, you know, they may have a chance, but I just think ultimately Clemson takes that one. Um, I I just hope that if that is the case, if if Ohio State loses to Clemson, I I hope that Justin Fields has a great game and they just lose because the defense just wasn't good that day. I feel you on that. Um, and in and, and terms of the first part of it, yes, you know, Ohio State was 6-0 and, and, you know, COVID obviously changed a lot of things. But it is unfortunate because you see teams like Florida who played a tougher schedule, Texas A&M who played tougher schedules. They played more games and they only had one loss. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and unfortunately they won't be in the playoffs. I'm a big fan of Justin Fields. Um, you know, people forget how well he played against Clemson last year in the playoff game. And all the talk is always about Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. But Justin Fields is legit. And I would like to see him perform well. But I just think this Clemson team is, they're just motivated and they're focused, man. You know, they, they, they're they going to have multiple first-round picks on that team offensively. Dabble Sweeney, he may not be the best coach. I think we, we would all agree, um, you know, that Nick Saban is the best college coach. But Dabble is probably number two. You know, and 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 what Dabble has been able to do year in, year out in Clemson, you know, getting there at a point where Taj Boyd was the quarterback and then getting to Deshaun Watson and they become, uh, you know, uh, championship contenders and now doing it with Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Dabble year in, year out has been amazing. I think they're going to handle that game, though I expect uh, Justin Fields to play well. I, I think Clemson wins. And to your point about Notre Dame, I can't take them serious because th- they are the Amir Khan of college football. Mm-hmm. They're the guy who looks I thought you were going to say you can't take him serious because of the Manti Teo situation, but all right, go ahead. Well, that that's a whole nother <laughs> subject. But, you know, it, it just a cross-reference, we know in boxing, guys like Amir Khan, they look good against average competitors. And then when they get in there with the big dogs, they getting knocked out. They getting battled. Last jaw. Right. And, and the same thing with Notre Dame. Like, every time we see y'all play one of these big dogs, y'all get embarrassed. And don't talk to me about y'all beat Clemson and shit because Trevor Lawrence wasn't there when y'all beat them. Yeah. When Trevor Lawrence came back, as my man Tripp said, you got your boots smoked. Yeah. So Simple as it, that. So what it, are you going to say? And 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 I think uh, the betting public even understands that as well because the moment the matchup was set, Vegas already had Alabama as a 20-point favorite, yeah. which is massively disrespectful to consider that you're one of the top four teams that they don't even think you can keep it within 20 points exactly. of the number one seed. Yeah. So because if it was Clemson and Alabama, Alabama, it wouldn't it wouldn't be that. Oh, absolutely not. You know what I mean? Absolutely like, not. If it would if it would have been Ohio State and Alabama, I don't think it would have been twenty. Yeah. The, the respect, you know, the respect for Ohio State would have been like, nah, it's gonna be a little closer than that. So 
I think Alabama handles Notre Dame again. They've done it in the past. I think they'll do it again. And I expect Clemson to win. And we're going to get the mega showdown that we expect. Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith on one side, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, and, D- and Debo's crew on the other side. The, the, the matchup we all deserve to see. Clemson, Alabama is my pick for the, for the championship. That's a fact. We, we, we're about to shut it down, but really quick, let me just shout out uh, all of the sponsors. Uh, Kmart, Petro Home Services, Soundview Liquors, The Rosado Firm, and uh, make sure that you guys are subscribed to our, all of our affiliate podcasts, uh, Shooting the Shit, uh, The Sanchez Show, and of course, The Real Fans, Real Talk podcast as well. Um, and just hit us up, man, on our social media. Check us out on the website. If you guys, um, if you guys are not in the New York City area and you still want to watch the TV show uh, Thursday nights at eight, all you have to do is go to the website realfansrealtalk.com and click the button right on the homepage, and you can watch live no matter where you are in the world on Thursday nights. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash realfansrealtalk. Instagram, Twitter, at realfansrealtalk. And make sure you guys subscribe to that YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash for the fans productions. Absolutely, man. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with us and we appreciate it. That's a fact. We out of here. Peace. This is Dion Grant from the New York Giants Super Bowl champ. And you're watching Real Fans Real Talk. Real fans, real talk, we as real as you thought. Real f-